You're listening to Calvary La Habra's podcast. For more information, visit us at calvarylh.com. Thanks for listening. We are uh, blessed to have my brother Jim from Kansas City. Well, from, yeah, Kansas City. <laughs> we're, we're at a pastor's conference the last three days, so our brains are fried. And then you guys know Pastor John from Antioch. So let's welcome them out as well. We are... Uh, we don't have that much time. We'd tell you what's going on. Well, why don't we... How you doing? Just want to share a couple all things. All is well. I'm glad to be visiting with you. And uh, glad to be here tonight, guys, to kind of open up the Word together and yeah, hear from the Lord personally. So, and as a group, it'll be good. So, glad to see y'all. Good evening, guys. It's always uh, good to come home to my hometown, La Habra, and uh, other than my church, my next favorite church, Calvary mm-hmm. Chapel, La Habra. It's good to see you guys. That's what he says to Jim when he's at Jim's church. Yeah, church. I was going to say, man, I, I thought you said that in Kansas City. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, good. that's only when I put my, uh, my Missouri hat on yeah, when I'm that, in Kansas yeah. City. Yeah. Look at you were born that way, so yeah, you know that's home. Not I, that's fact. Hometown. Yeah. Well, welcome. Let's pray. Lord, we we do love you, and man, that that last song just sitting in the back and making you an audience of one, and even as Pernil was praying, just just so wanting and needing you to be enthroned on our hearts and and we're here um, because we love you and we want more from you and we realize we've not arrived and we need each other we need to be encouraged um, we, we need to be taught and we need to receive and so thank you Lord for these men that are here and those online that um, have just cleared their calendar and made, you know, place for you. Bless them, Lord, and may they know how much they are an encouragement to others and ourselves as pastors here as well, and just seeing men out here and the the gals, and thank you for your continued work in uh, in a world that is so lost and against you and Thank you that we can gather and, and, and do so with great hope and great confidence that uh, we are secure in you, uh, that we're loved by you, that we're held by you, and that, man, you are, you're, you're passionate about us. So thank you, and Holy Spirit be our teacher tonight, and we ask this all in Jesus' name, amen. So we're, uh, we're going to be looking at chapter 6 of the book of Joshua. And so as John and Jim, I says, I usually have about a half an hour before we put our guys in the group. So um, we always talk about the miracles that we see in this room. And for three pastors to sit in front of you in the next 30 minutes and stay within that, that's a miracle if we do. So, uh, but I'm like, hey, we can share a couple of things. But you guys know we're, we're going through um, the book of Joshua and we're, using as a study aid um, Alan Redpath's book, Victorious Christian Living. 
and there's a lot of types and pictures and illustrations. And so if we were just to, to pick up the book of Joshua and start reading it, we would get to chapter 6 probably in about, I don't know, 10 minutes. And if we were to take out Redpath's book and just extrapolate the application that he's given so far, he gives you this, this picture, and the picture would be um, of, of Canaan. God is trying to get his get us into, into the promised land. And the promised land is not a picture of heaven, as we said. We said it's a, a red path, and others uh, say it's a great picture of just the center of God's will or, you know, that place of just the victorious Christian life that God has for all of us. And uh, he, has, he has liberated us from Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world. It's a picture of the world. Um, Pharaoh is a type of Satan. He had us in bondage. We were enslaved, but we were set free. And now we, 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 by faith, move forward as the people of God out of Egypt, and we're coming through the wilderness into the land that God promised. And again, it's the picture of like, this is my will for your life, Lance, and my will for your people corporately. Everything that you need to be sufficient and successful in me, in my relationship with you, vice versa, it's there. And so we, we journey out. Problem. We get to Kadesh Barnea. And we send in some, some of you to go look at the land. Twelve of us. For 40 days you go in and come back. And, 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 and ten of you... Uh, where we'll, we won't name you, but 10 of you are like, no, no, no. And you doubt the word of God. You doubt the promises of God. You just disbelief and doubt. God said, go in. No, no, no. The, the, the cities are fortified. The walls are too, way too big. And the enemy just massive. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. And 10 of you, your doubt and your disbelief echoes through... Two and a half million people. And then there's two of you, the Joshua and Caleb types, are like, no, 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 no. We're holding on to the promises of God and we can, we can go and let's go. But the ten, their voices were the loudest and the people heard that and turned on Moses. And well, as, you know, basically, you bring us out here to, to just do us in. And God said right there at Kadesh Barnea, no, 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 no. Because of your disbelief and your hardening of your hearts and you're not trusting me, no faith but fear. Does the church need to hear that today? Yeah. Does America need to hear that today? Because of that, you that are 20 years old and up, you're not going in. And for 40 years they walk around in that, that wilderness, which pictures... Coming up short, by the way, right? Uh, yeah, we, we, we're almost there, the perfect center of God's will. But then, so fast forward 40 years, they are now going to come in. Those that, that, that survived the wilderness wandering and those that were born in this wilderness wandering. And God taps Joshua on the shoulder and you are going to bring them in. And so 
that's what the book of Joshua is. And it's a book about faith overcoming fear. So follow my word. Be courageous. Don't be afraid. Every place that the sole of the foot, your sandal touches, and that I have given you. It's that kind of arrangement. And as God would part the Red Sea for Moses, God would hold back the Jordan. Remember that? We talked about that as the priest would carry the ark. They touched the, their feet in the waters of the Jordan, and the people would come over on dry ground. They would come over on dry ground. Does anybody remember the, the city that they first came into and they would come back to? Gilgal. And, and does any, any men here remember what they did to the men at Gilgal? You don't talk about that right now, do you? But, but it was, it, we, we humored ourselves a bit about that. They circumcised the men because they hadn't done that. And, and we talked about, that's just a picture of cutting away the flesh, total consecration unto the Lord. They, they remembered the Passover again, which spoke of fellowship. And now they're ready for battle. They're, they're ready, excuse me, to move forward and conquer the land. And right before they will step into chapter 6, and, and we already know, we're, I hate to give the story before we get to the end here, but they defeat, God gives them victory over Jericho. Joshua goes kind of walking up towards Jericho, and he sees someone. You guys remember that? That, that Christophany, that theophany, it was Jesus there. And, and he's like a, a warrior, and his sword is drawn. And, and what did Joshua say? Hey, you for us or them, right? And he's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm a commander of the Lord's army. And, and Joshua recognized whose presence he was in, and he, he fell down on his face and he worshiped him. All right? And now that brings us up to this chapter where um, God is going to give them uh, this opportunity. And so we want to all strap up our sandals. I don't know who you see yourself as. I don't Maybe you're... In your mind, you're like, I'm Joshua, man. All right. Maybe some of you, hopefully you've read the story. We'll, we'll highlight it. But you might say, I'm kind of like the priest in this story. Maybe you're just, you'd put yourself in that grouping of, I'm, I'm just part of the people in the story. And there's, there's some military, you might say, that, that are going to go before the ark and some behind the ark. And, and as we maybe talk about this briefly and then you're going to talk about it around some tables just ask yourself who who are you in this picture who would you most relate to and so uh i'll read it and i'll let these guys take over from here but see i've given jericho in verse two into your hand it's king and the mighty men of valor hmm. you shall march around the city all you men of war. Now, if you were part of the two and a half million people and you weren't part of the men of war and you heard that, God said to your commander, to your mighty military warrior, you know, Joshua, I've given you the land, okay? It, it, the, the king, all of their military, it's yours, and you're going to go march around the city, all of you men of war. If I was just an average guy, I'd be like, right on, let the military go. Let them do their thing. But you shall go around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of rams, horns, before the ark. But the seventh day that you shall march around the city seven times, and the priest shall blow the trumpets, 
it shall come to pass when they make a loud, a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people, so this includes us all now, shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. Now, I would be honest to say, if I heard that, if Joshua came back as he does and he tells the people, here's how we're going to take down, or here's how God is going to give Jericho to us, I might question that. I might look at that and say, I don't understand that. We're going to walk around the city. All of you guys, the priests, are going to, they're going to blow the horns. You're going to do that for seven days. On the seventh day, you're going to walk around it seven days. And then we have a part in that. We all like start screaming and yelling. Does that to you sound trippy? I mean, raise your hand if, you, if honestly, that just is like, you know, I don't know. But, but again, the whole focus of this book is faith. God, who he is, God, his ability, and, and God and the way that God works. And the invitation to all of us. Hey, you want to be part of something? Like, that doesn't make sense, but it's my plan. And that's where we are as a church today. We really are. There's the center of God's will for all of us. Listen, church, men in the church, there's a center of God's will for the men in our church. There's a center of God's will for our church. And there's always a Jericho in between us and that. So the question is, who are you in the narrative? How would you really respond? Faith? Logic? Fear? I'll let you guys run with it. I'm going to start my clock right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we got a few minutes. Great intro, though, huh? Great, great to gather our thoughts and to wrap our heads around that storyline and how f freaked out we'd be coming up against these walled cities and these things that, you know, look, um, you, know, you come up against a situation. I always just put myself in, when I read this storyline, I put myself in just the insurmountable, difficult things that we face. We've had a weird, you know, year and a half, two years, right? All of us have. It's just been weird in our, our country, in our world. And, um, you know, some of it seemed insurmountable, you know, some of the challenges and some of the difficulties. And then fear, you know, gets out in the mix and it starts gripping in, in different ways and stuff. But uh, a couple of my standouts um, in this, and especially early on, is the, in verse 2, uh, I'm, I'm kind of a regular, simple guy, so I kind of look at things pretty straight up. And, and this is uh, in verse 2. It says, And the Lord said to Joshua. Remember, he first encountered the Lord when he, he, he was asking, Hey, who are you for us or against us? You know, what, what side are you on? And, you know, the Lord says, No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm the creator of the Lord's army. You know, that I'm not. I'm, I'm on. And this is where we always want to stay, right? On God's side. That as I, when I come up against things, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Oh, I'm not sure, but I'm on God's side. That's all I want to do is be on God's side. I keep it really basic. But I like in verse 2, it says, so he asks the Lord in verse 15, you know, he wants, he wants to know, what, or no, it was verse 14, what does my Lord say to his servant? So he asked 
You gotta be asking something. When, when you're encountering a difficult situation, you gotta talk to Jesus, talk to God about this, and say, God, what do you want me to do with this? You know? Guys, there's no way you can tell me that all of us don't face difficult things. Young guys, you're thinking about maybe finding the right gal, maybe getting married, maybe some of you are thinking about getting married, some of you are already married and you're wondering, oh my gosh, I've got the wrong gal, or whatever it might be that, you know, that's a joke. But uh, um, if you're married, you're supposed to stay married. Don't be thinking you got the wrong gal. You, you've got the problem, you've got to figure that out. That's why we're here. So the, what, what does my Lord say to his servant? You know, you, you've got to ask the question, you know, of the Lord. What, what do you, how, how am I supposed to read this situation? I love verse 2. It says, and the Lord said to Joshua, and I like this, circle it, highlight it, draw an asterisk by it. It says, see. And that's what it's, the first thing we got to do is open our eyes and see what God's doing and see what, I can spend all my time focused on what I think God should be doing and how I think God should do it. And I'm likely going to miss all the things that God is doing. Because I'm wrapped up in my own head about how I think it's supposed to go. They, Joshua could have gone that route and they could have just, you know, nothing would have happened to Jericho. Because what he's told to do, right, seems weird. We, Lance just asked you to raise your hand. Yeah, I think it's weird. Joshua's a seasoned veteran warrior. He knows about battle. It's like a march around that. This just is insane. But I like this. He says, see. So I think that's the first thing. I think that God leads through his word. I think if you're thinking about things and things maybe you could talk about around your table, are, are, you, are you actually hearing from God on a regular basis? You know, when we get saved, that's just the very beginning. This is a journey that we're on. And it's not, a, it's not usually, it's not this uh, um, sprint. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, a mer- it's a long run, you know, that we're, we're in. And we want to finish well. All of us want to finish well in that. And here I think I want to hear from the Lord. I, I want to hear from the Lord each and every day. I want to get God's insight and guidance and direction for my life with my family. I'm a next generation stuff. I got little grandkids now that I'm, I'm just, you know, walking around while we're fishing, talking about, hey, you know, why do you think Jesus, you know, you know talked to fishermen? What do you think about that? You know, I, just because we're fishing, so we're going to talk about Jesus and fishermen. You know, I, that's what I do with my, my grandsons, my granddaughters. I, I, I want to sow seeds of faith and truth into their lives. But I think this idea of sea... I think this, um, God leads through his word. So God's speaking, and he's speaking to us. We get 66 books here that God's speaking to us through. And so right here we see him leading this way. And this next thing that I, I, for me that's a, a takeaway is that God gave him uh, this, this plan in, in, up, in first, up through one through, uh, that Lance just read, run, one through five. That's kind of the plan. It's kind of abstract, seems kind of weird, but that's the plan. It doesn't always fit into your thinking of how things should go. God's got other ideas and other plans and other ways. And ours is to follow him, follow his lead, right? That's, all, that's my objective. I, it's not, I'm not the plan guy. I'm just the follow the leader guy. I'm follow, follow the Lord guy, you know? God wants us to just simply follow him. Remember what, what, all the times when Jesus would come up against these different people and me say, you follow me. You follow me. It's not complicated. But you, we are all, you, I see, when I look at at any group of guys especially, I think, man, you know, God's called you. You are, whether you know this or not, you are an influencer. Every one of you are an influencer. Every one of you are. 
You have an opportunity to influence people that you work with, the, your, your neighborhood, the people you bump into, where you, when you're pumping gas, when you're sitting next to people on a traveling trip, on a plane, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you have an opportunity to be an influencer. And the thing is, is you are an influencer is the thing. Whether, and you're going to influence people with something. Your anger and your frustration, you're going to influence people by that. They're going to think, hey, this guy's not somebody I want to be around again. Or you know, you, this, this is, goes on and on and on. Or you can be someone who's influencing people with the, the things of the kingdom. So you are an influencer. We've we got to be hearing from God. That's what I see happening here. He says, see, you know, look around, see, hear, ask the right question. God, what do you want from me in this situation? He says, now it doesn't make sense. It seems kind of weird, right? But, but okay, I'm going to process that and say, okay, I'm still going to do what God wants me to do. We've all done really weird things sometimes. I stood at the bottom of uh, at the, a stairway coming off a plane. All Everything was wrecked at the Sendai airport. And I've been sitting next to this older Japanese lady. And I know the culture. I've been in and out of there enough to know the culture. They're very much, you know, space people when it comes to inner... They, they don't... They're crammed together in a, in, a, in a subway station, but they still want space as far as interaction goes, you know? And I thought, no, I, this, the Lord says, just go down to the bottom of the stairs and you just stand right there. You've been talking. I don't speak Japanese, but I was trying to interact with this gal. She was real upset because she saw her hometown of Sendai just destroyed. And she's flying in. We're flying in on a relief flight. And we get off the plane. I'm standing at the bottom of the thing. And Lord, you just wait right there for her and give her a big hug. I'm like, no, Lord, that's a bad idea. That's a space violation in that culture, and I should not do that. I'm going to be seen as a really weird dude hugging some older lady. It's really, it was weird. I was younger then. And, uh, but I, I stood at the bottom of the stairs. And I, I pretty much argued with God the whole time. And as soon as she got down there, I looked at her, and I just reached out my arms. I gave her, and it was like I was hugging a tree stump. You know, there's just no, no response. And I was hugging her, and all of a sudden, she starts weeping and just goes for this death grip hug. You know, there's just a connection. See, sometimes it's just that kind of influence. I, I'm just supposed to be the eyes and the ears and the hands and the feet of Jesus. If he just, just go hug somebody, I'm, that's what I'm going to do. It doesn't always make sense the way we think it should make sense, right? So we just got to follow the Lord, trust the Lord. I'm not saying you should go out just hugging people all the time. I'm just saying that sometimes it doesn't make sense is the point. But there's a plan, right? So God gives a plan. This is my last uh, little thought that I, 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 I read down from verse 6 and 7. And then Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of rams, horns, before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Proceed and march around the city and let him who is armed advance before, before the Ark of the Lord. Notice what, what happened next. He, he looked around. He's, he asked the Lord for insight. He's, God said, see what, look around, you know, see this. And, and it was listen up. He listened up. He got direction. It didn't make a lot of sense. But by faith, he went out and he passed it on. I think that's the next operative for me is like, I've heard something from the Lord I'm going to pass it on. I really believe a lot of times your personal and my personal spiritual anemia that sets in sometimes where we're just kind of just in that wilderness thing wandering, you know, it's not making much sense, nothing's happening. It's because you're simply not taking time to hear from God. You've got to get in devotion. You've got to have quiet time. You've got to hear from the Lord, get direction from the Lord, and then proceed with the direction. And then you've got something to say to other people that matters. 
Because you're an influencer. You're, an influ you're going to influence people. But don't you want to influence people with who Jesus is in your life? You know? That's our option. Man, our world around us is looking for that hope. Looking for that Jericho, that wall, that, 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 that Jericho that everybody lives in. They want to see the wall come down, you know? And I think God is going to use you guys for this kind of thing. That's it. Let's check and see how we did, guys. 9.51. Nine minutes, 51 seconds. Wow. It's a miracle. That's all my Devo Today practice has done for me right there. Amen. Hey, you know, uh, Lance alluded to the fact that uh, Joshua is a book about faith, and it's about a venture of faith. Uh, but oftentimes when we, we get to this portion of Joshua, uh, the focus is on Jericho. You know, here's this mighty walled city. Uh, the name means uh, is moon or it's a moon. So it was a focal point, uh, you know, in that, in that part of the world. It was acknowledged as being uh, impenetrable. Uh, and, and yet the first real step of faith was crossing over the Jordan. You know, it was the willingness of the people you know, to recognize that now it's time to leave the place of wandering and to go to the place of settling and to be settled into the will of God. And, and being settled into the will of God did not mean that there weren't going to be obstacles, that there weren't going to be challenges. And so as you guys are sitting around your tables and you're thinking about this, think about where you're at in your own life right now. Uh, do you have a Jericho? You know, is there something that, that you see uh, in your life that seemingly is impenetrable, that, that you can't cross over or you can't get past? And that's where our faith comes in and our reliance upon the Lord. It, it, the thing I love most about chapter 6 is God is instituting a new battle plan. Th this is unlike anything that Joshua or the mighty men of valor, and they're mentioned here, you know, that the people haven't encountered because even when they were wandering in the wilderness, remember that they, they were being confronted. There were battles that were going on there, you know, and they had to continue to march forward and make their way, you know, in, into Canaan. And, and I like what it says in verse 1. It says, now Jericho was sh securely shut up and I made a little note to myself, God opens the most difficult doors, he breaks up the hardest ground, but he also softens the hardest hearts. And so God was just saying, you know, seemingly this place is secure against you, but nothing can stand against me. And, and it says it was because of the children of Israel. So there's always resistance to what God's design and God's plan is for our lives by the enemy and even by the world. We've seen a, the last year and a half, we've seen uh, even in our own culture, we've seen the resistance against God's people, against the church, you know, locking us out, uh, trying to lock us into home and lock us out of the church. But it says none went out and none came in to this place. And yet the Lord says, look, I'm, I don't even have to tell you to try to knock down the walls. All, all I want you to do is to march around the city. You let me remove the barrier. You let me break down the walls. He says, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. Once again, I've given you a possession. I've given you position. 
You're positioned right where you need to be. But he says, I'm also going to give you the power. I'm going to give you the power that you need to be able to overcome this obstacle. When you get into the next chapter, now you're, you're looking at AI. I don't want to jump ahead here, but there's a contrast between how God wants to give victory, how God wants to embolden, strengthen our faith, and what happens when man says, hey, I got this. I, I can handle this. You know, AI is nothing. Well, it was a bigger obstacle and we become a bigger obstacle than Jericho was. And he says, so what I want you to do is I want you to march around. I just want you to march around. And, and he says, and all you men of war, once again, the idea is there's this new divine battle plan, marching, but no, no weapons drawn, not, not showing their military prowess, but just simply showing obedience to the plan of God. And, and I think for men, especially today, we were talking about this over the last few days, is, what is what's coming next? What does the future hold? Where, where are we going to be a, a month from now or six months now or, or, or a year from now? And one of the things that God's done with me, at least at this stage in my life, my personal life, ministry life, however you want to look at just life in general, I'm just saying, Lord, I just want to lock into your plan. You know, because this is a Jericho. These are seemingly insurmountable obstacles that we face. And yet maybe all you're desiring for us to do is just to be willing to step out, to march around the city. And, and he says, and you shall go around the city once, and this you shall do for six days. And then in verse 4, he says, And the seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns bef before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priest shall blow the trumpets. There's that number seven, number of perfection. Hey, God's got a perfect plan for you guys. He's got a perfect plan for me. All I got to do is quit being a knucklehead and just look to see what that plan is. To see what, and you know, when you sit around at the tables here in a minute, you know, maybe that's something that you can talk about on a personal level with the guys that you're, you're sitting around the table is, you know, do I really understand God's plan? Do I really see God's plan for, for not just for Joshua, but for the people, for the mighty men of valor, for the priests, for the musicians? I'm, it's always kind of hilarious to me that, you know, he puts the worship leaders out there first. I don't know, I've never had many worship leaders that were really gung-ho warrior kind of guys, you know, but, but it, it's this idea of God saying, I'm not going to do things in an ordinary way. I'm going to do something out of the ordinary. And I like that where he says, you shall bear seven trumpets. This, this whole idea that the priest brought a trumpet, but that trumpet represented a number of things. It represents the call to worship. It would represent the call to battle. But sometimes it just, it, it simply was the call to worship. Come into the presence of God. Come and spend time with me. Come before me with thanksgiving and with rejoicing. And, and then in verse 5, it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. I remember when I was a kid growing up, you know, I'd be going through a rough time and my grandma, she would say, no, Johnny, 
these things shall pass. And yet God is saying these things are going to come to pass. And that the whole idea of just follow the plan, you know, sound the trumpet, march around the city, blow the ram's horn. And, and this idea of coming to pass is that God's given a guarantee. God gives me a guarantee that if I'm walking in obedience, if I'm living in obedience, if I'm following his will, it's going to come to pass. He's go There's going to be success. There's going to be success in my life, in my marriage, in my relationship with others, in the workplace, you know, all those, all those areas. So, you know, a third thing when you guys are sitting together, you know, talk about areas maybe where you're sensing that God wants you to succeed and you haven't. A lot of times we talk about what God is doing, but maybe we need to talk about what we're not doing and what maybe God's put on our heart. You know, how can I, how can I move forward in my faith journey, in my walk with God, my relationship with the Lord? And I love that where he says, and, you know, it's just a great shout. You know, let your voice be heard and the wall of the city will fall down. That, that whole idea of, when I think of walls, I think walls are places to keep me out or they can be a place to keep me in. But remember that God is never constrained by walls. Walls, walls don't mean anything to God. God can use walls or use doors in my life in the sense that he can close doors that he doesn't want me to go through. But he can open doors and he's saying, hey, I'm welcoming you. I'm calling you to come through those doors. Those are the steps of faith. And that goes all the way back to when they stood at the Jordan. They wandered in wilderness for all of those years. The waters are parted. The, the glory of God goes before them. The Ark of the Covenant, that, that Ark, you know, inside of that Ark was the word of the Lord. It was the provision of the Lord. It was the leading staff of God. And God's saying, now enter in. Enter in, pass over, you know, come into that place that I've already designed for you. And then he's, and, and it says there at the end of verse five, and, and, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. And I can just see that, Lance mentioned it, two and a half million people, just how long did that take? You know, just lining up, moving forward. But here's something for you guys to think about as well. He says there that everyone going forward, the key word for me in that part of verse five is the word every. God makes a way of obedience for every one of us if we simply are willing to follow him by faith. Following him by faith. I wanted to get into verse six, but my time's up. <laughs> At the... Uh... <clears throat> at this conference, we, we haven't, uh, this, this group of Calvaries around the nation, mostly because people, not everybody can get in from outside America right now, but there was no conference last year, and so there's a real um, appreciation for being together. And uh, we've all been, John's, John's our senior, by, by a lot, but... Um, <laughs> We've been going to these conferences for a lot of years, and uh, when you're younger, I, I, I've noticed guys would come up to me and, 
you know, you're younger and like, hey, so who are you and what do you do and what's God doing in your life? And, 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 and now I'm older. And uh, as I, I got there, I was curious to, you know, see some guys I hadn't seen in a long time. And um, I found myself in these conversations with people that, you know, I'm just like crammed in this little walkway and the next thing you know, I'm face to face with someone. And I just noticed that God was bringing these conversations to me, um, and they were, a lot of them, just people I, I didn't know. And the Lord reminded me of how important it was when I was younger that the older guys would be just like, what's God doing in your life? And, and I, I was doing that these last couple of days. Just I'd say, so who are you? And they got name tags on. I, hey, great. So I'd say, tell me the story, man. And today it just dawned on me that every single guy I talked to, and I, I, I say this, everyone, their story was the same in the sense of, man, I had no idea what God was doing. It, it, was, it wasn't like they were trying to hype up some miracle, otherwise they were like all came from the same class. This is what you want to do when you tell your testimony, hype up a miracle. No, it, it's the reality. I was like, Every story, because if you ask them what they're doing, if they're in the will of God, they're going to tell you what, what God is doing. And, it, and a lot of it just, yeah, I moved out to this area. God just told me to move here, and the next thing you know, and it's that kind of thing. And we all have that to some degree. And when Jim was talking about seeing, what do you see? I think that's a great thing to talk about. I was, my faith was so built just listening to some of these guys, they were telling me what they were seeing God do. In, in a world where everybody's giving me their opinion on the world, their opinion on the world, and what they believe the world needs to be doing, it was so refreshing to just listen to men, just different ages, a lot of young guys, just kind of going, this is what I see God doing. And I, I, I honestly, two or three times I had guys, one guy goes, hey, I'm hearing great things at La Habra, man, tell me. And I'm like, this isn't, the, this isn't the week for me to talk about that. I'm all ears. And I, I, I think that maybe that would be good too. Just if you, if you see God doing something in your life right now, share that with, with each other. What do you see God doing? How's he, how's he conquered or is, how is he conquering a Jericho in your life? you're walking in the center of his will, you're finding victory, what do you see him doing? What do you attribute that to? Your part's faith. So, go for it. You've got 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And our online audience, stay on. We're going to continue to talk to you. So just give us a minute to collect our thoughts. Thank you. Thank you. That's good. Okay, so hello, online audience. Uh, you know me prayer, prayer, prayerfully. <laughs> uh, Lance Cook, this is John Snoddley, Jim Stewart, uh, up north in Antioch, and uh, back in Kansas City. Uh, and we're going through the book of Joshua and just wanted to continue talking about 
that um, our our men, if you're you you on our website, I don't know if you're on our website on the app, on Instagram or on Facebook or whatever uh, platform you're going to, you should be able to on our website and uh, on uh, our app, I believe, choose the women. You can go and listen to the gals if you're a gal. Uh, guys, you can stay on this one and listen to us. So uh, with that in mind, we're going to talk for another half an hour here. Um, why don't you guys just, they hear me a lot. Why don't you just, other, other things maybe God's put in your heart or maybe, well, what are we learning in this conference? Why don't we talk a little bit about that? And Yeah, I thought the conference, uh, you know, for all of us, we've been going for a long, long time, you know, to, to uh, that particular uh, the Calvary Chapel Pastors Conference. How and, many years for you, Jim? Uh, I'll probably 35-ish. Yeah. You know, years. Wow. Uh, when you say we've been going probably about that, it's been close to about 35. Yeah, because I mean, I was going before we yeah. were doing Sunday morning. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So. 42. 42. 42 years. Wow. This is my this this year would be my 40 42nd year going. To now, work. how many Calvaries were there uh, at the time when you first started going? Uh, that was up in Twin Peaks. Yep. Um, I'm going to say maybe 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when we jumped in, there's probably under 200. Yeah. That's what I remember. You know, yeah. you know, we're not quite to 200 yet. I remember Debra talking about you. <laughs> yeah, we're over 150 now all over the country. Yeah, it's just funny. You know, you think about that, and now there's a, a couple thousand probably Calvaries scattered around various parts of the world and stuff. But you know, to me, you know, Calvary Chapel is a, a name, and but it represents a lot more than that. It's just the simple teaching of God's word, and and then on top of that, um, it it's forged through Pastor Chuck. It's it's allowed us to forge great relationships like like with the three Amen. of us and yeah. and many others uh, guys that we're so very close with. But um, not only that, but I I, I think it, Chuck was so gifted all of us with an opportunity to be involved in ministry yeah. in the context of. Uh, not so much, you know, not that any of us are opposed to mainline denominational churches or anything like that, because we're not, but it, it just, in certain ways, it just allowed people that just didn't always fit in a certain box to just function and do ministry <clears throat> in the context of, of the culture in which we're living. And I think, I think that the elasticity of that is, is so important. And I, I, I was just reminded of that as I was hanging around, watching yeah. a lot of, and interacting with other younger guys and being a little bit more mature men now, um, talking with with guys, <laughs> you know, and just we, uh, we, uh, we well, we're, we're older. I don't yeah. know if we're, we're mature. We're, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like with Millie. I used to I'd, I'd preach a sermon and say, "Babe, how was it?" She well, you're getting better, you know. So yeah, yeah. we are maturing. Yeah, in, yeah, it's an ing. Yeah, it's yeah a, let's in, don't in let's don't finalize it by saying yeah. mature. No. We're we're maturing yeah. in the Lord. But I think that that relationship stuff's been yeah. such, and I think that's what, you know. Yes, it's great to hear the Bible teaching. Yes, it's great to you know worship together, and, and certainly the fellowship was awesome because a lot of us have, have been had, had there's been less opportunity you know uh, to get together like that in that kind of a setting. But I think the um, the fellowship, the interaction with one another, with various people that we'd only see once every year or two, is 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 so refreshing and encouraging. Yeah. yeah, you know, for me, I I had that sense of really reconnecting. Yeah. Today mm-hmm. with, and and not just, you know, not just guys that I have. You know, I got a 
43-year history with Calvary, mm -hmm. you know, but just like you were sharing, Lance, is, you know, connecting with guys that maybe I've seen through the years, mm -hmm. but some of the younger guys mm -hmm. and, and guys that are coming up, they, they know me or maybe they know my name, and yet I don't really know them. Mm -hmm. And just being able to, you know, to share with them and to, and to talk with them. And, you know, it's just like Calvary's like any movement. You know, for me, coming out of a, a, a Baptist background and coming into Calvary Chapel uh, was, was the result of me maturing biblically mm -hmm. and realizing that Calvary Chapel was, it wasn't so much the name, mm -hmm. but it was what it was representing mm -hmm. theologically, doctrinally, the structure, you know, of, of the church. Um, you know, understanding that the chief shepherd is is Jesus Christ, sure. uh, and yet having the freedom to teach on the gifts of the Spirit, understanding that there was more to the person and the work of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. other than, well, you're baptized into the body of Christ, yeah. but also realizing that you can be immersed in the fullness and the power of yeah. the Spirit, yeah, yeah. and that was for me as a as a as a young young guy. You know, that was a powerful transition, mm -hmm. you know, in my life was uh, understanding how the gifts of the Spirit, you know, and setting. I remember setting and listening to Chuck, you know, on a, on a Sunday night down in Costa Mesa, you know, one of those Sunday night services that were an hour, an hour and a half. But that, was, that was just the teaching, just the teaching. <laughs> you know, that was after yeah. the worship or the special yeah. music. And just, you know, listening to him going through the Gospel of John and then transitioning into the book of Acts and just putting, bringing all those pieces together of how the Holy Spirit mm. is supposed to be in my life, mm. uh, you know, uh, uh, upon my life mm. and empowering my life mm. and, and just, you know, recognizing that, man, you know, I don't have to make things happen. I just have to Lord, I just have to allow the Lord to make me be what he wants me to be. Yeah. And he's gonna do the rest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, one of the things uh, uh, that I've been thinking on a lot for the last couple, couple of years I've been thinking on this, and this is something that maybe from an online group you guys could think about too, is the idea of uh, what, what a meta-narrative is. You know, I've just been kind of fixated on that. I've been reading books on it and just contemplating. I, just, I like words, so I, and I think meta-narrative is just a cool word. But it's really, it really is, it's just, it means, um, you know, uh, it's, it's the big picture, basically, or the, the large story of, of all of God's plan. And that really Calvary Chapel um, is, is a part of of the meta narrative, the big picture, but this is the, the and and so are other denomination denominational churches. So are other groups of of Christians that are just you know. This is the thing that I've, I'm fixated on about it is that all of us have, all of you have a story. If you're following yeah. God, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have a story. You have a story of how you, how you got drawn into to a relationship with the Lord, who you led you to the Lord, what were the circumstances that caused you to, to, to be open to hearing from God and to open your life to God. And that's all part, your story is part of the big story. And, and that's what's so fascinating. So I've found to this point, to this point of what we were talking about is listening to other people share their story is so, 
it's such a faith builder, such an encouraging yes. thing yes. because now you're thinking, yeah. man, this is still happening. Yeah. You know, this is still happening in this guy. The big that I'm, just, yeah, it's just evolving. gotten bigger. Yeah. You know? And and but but what's so important in that too is your story matters. It's part of the big story. Your story is part of his big story. His big story is that he is redeemed. The meta narrative is, is redemption. This is the story of redemption, of he's redeemed the whole world and he's redeemed all of humanity within the world. And so I think it's fascinating. You know, sometimes John will re re recount for me, you know, the, some of the circumstances surrounding his life, you know, in, in the, uh, you know, early 70s of what was, what was the, the precursors to him, and I mean cursors, uh, coming before he came to Christ, you know? And, and, and his story's a little different, but there's similarities. Lance and his story is, is different, but a lot of similarities. So we both grew up in different, but mainline denominational churches. Yeah. And, and, and we were both told as young people, hey, stay away from the, those crazy hippies and Jesus freaks down in Costa Mesa. And so that was the first place we went. You know, you know, as soon as we found somebody to give us a ride to go down there, we went down there to check it out. But, but the, the idea is it's all part, and your story is part of the big story. And I think it's important for you to connect with that and be able to share that. I, I was listening to a guy sharing one time. He says, hey, you need to be able to communicate in the line in a grocery store with the pe person in front of you and the person behind you a quick, quick synopsis of why you're there. Yeah. You know, what are you, why are you there? You know, well, I'm here to get this, but I'm here to talk to you about, so, you know, and, and, and be able to share your, your quick storyline. But I just wanted to encourage you with that, that, that your story matters. You know, what God's done in your life matters and, and your difficulties matter and, and God cares about it and, and, and what God's going to do in and through it. Just like we were talking about the, the walls of Jericho, whatever your wall is, you know, whatever the issue is, you know, God has a, has a plan. One of the things I was thinking about, about that sea thing, was what do you see? Do you see the, only the obstacle and the issue mm -hmm. yeah. or do you see the victory that's potentially there yeah. in the Lord, you know? And God would want us to see the potential Yeah, to see beyond. Yeah, you know, to be able to see beyond the obstacle. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know, it's interesting. Um, people talk about having a life verse. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, it was you know John three sixteen. Mm -hmm. You know, and that, that that sounds obvious, but once I got involved with Calvary Chapel, and you know, I, now I'm I'm in the the movement. I'm pastoring my first church. The Lord gave me Psalm thirty seven, and and I just, I just pulled it up here and, and, you know, for me it was, you know, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. But what I didn't understand was the entirety of that 37th Psalm, God was going to say, this is a synopsis of what you're going to see in ministry because it begins, do not fret because of evildoers. <laughs> You know, so difficult, you know, you're gonna, yeah, hey, you're, you're, you know, I've called you to the ministry. Front lines. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so now you're in the battle. Mm -hmm. You're in the thick of it. And, and he says, but don't be envious of workers of iniquity. In other words, don't let them distract you from what God's called you to do. And, and if you read through that, maybe you'll have an opportunity tonight before you close out your evening, but read Psalm 37, it, he says, and, and these are the words that just began to resonate with me over the years. Trust in the Lord, do good, dwell in the land, delight yourself, be faithful, commit your way, you know, tr I mean, just all of these things. 
And, and what the Lord was saying is, you can, you can do this, not by might nor by power, but you can do this by my spirit. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I've called you, and so I'll, I'll bring you through this process. And so here I am, you know, pastoring now almost 45 years because I had my I had my tenure with the Baptist and then coming into Calvary and the Lord's just he, you know he says I'll bring you through mm -hmm. and there's times you know I, I looked around today yesterday at the at the conference and um, you know I'm seeing faces that I've been seeing for over 40 years mm -hmm. and I'm just going Lord thank you thank you for a, a heart of perseverance to not to not allow or to fret over the evildoers or 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 the Jerichos or the obstacles and just to continue to continue to press forward mm -hmm. and you know in the last two years guys that I started in the ministry with at Calvary Chapel they're in heaven mm -hmm. you know they're in the presence of the Lord and my pastor Pastor Chuck mm -hmm. you know and yet the legacy, the, the legacy of, of the kingdom is not the name of the movement or the name on the church, but the legacy of the kingdom are the people that God raised up and brought into his kingdom. Mm -hmm. That's the legacy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so diverse. Yeah. You know, that and can be that can be a you know a born-again Catholic priest, that can be a you know a, a Methodist guy that gets spirit filled and is wearing a robe on Sunday morning, you know, but just that's the legacy of God building his kingdom one person at a time. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, com coming up, all of us to some degree in mainline mm -hmm. movements, yeah. we'll say, mm -hmm. a lot of times the focal point in the mainline movement is, they wouldn't say it this way, but you've, you got the sense that you, you kind of fell in line, mm -hmm. you know, it's just... How you, how you dress, this is what you do, what you don't do. And uh, I think when in, in my mind, I would look at the people that were, were leading. And, and I know in our denomination, it was a, well, you, you go through, here's the Bible school and here's how you get, you know, ordained mm -hmm. and here's how you step into ministry. And, and, and to me, as a younger guy, I looked at that and I went, huh, well, that's not my path. So I, I, there was not much more. Um, I would allow myself to get obligated with. It was just, I'm going to follow the rules and live life as I please. And I, I uh, would go to these concerts. And at the concerts, I would see these guys at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, Calvary Chapel Downey. I'd see these guys doing worship that didn't fit that mold. Mm -hmm. Then I'd see the guy come out and share that definitely didn't fit that mold. And I'd be like, who are these guys? You know, what, and all of a sudden, I found myself convicted. Like the the hall pass I gave myself to never go too far mm -hmm. in God using me yeah. was like, wait a minute, these, these I'm like that guy, and mm -hmm. and I think that guy even is in the surf industry that I'm kind of enamored with, mm -hmm. and I just remember uh, that that being such a draw, and what I I was drawn to was in these, in these Bible-teaching um, churches where people were getting their lives rooted and grounded in God's Word, not in a movement. They were very 
they, they, they were very diverse. And, and it was like God was using people just, just as they were. Yeah. And, and it, it just kept taking away all of my excuses. And I'm like, I'm one of these people. And, and I realized too, that there was a, there was a real conviction by being around Pastor Chuck when we'd go in those early years or mm -hmm. Jeff Johnson or even around Raw, that, that God could use you just like he can use me. And there was these avenues mm -hmm. that were, you, you, you had to try really hard and resist really hard to not move forward in your walk with God to the extent to where he would use you. Yeah. And it, because it was all the average people around you were, were the makeup of who was leading the church. And I just remember how it diffused all that, those excuses. And then secondly, when, when, you know, I know for you and I, it was raw, kind of just go, hey, man, you know, show up at these conferences and, mm -hmm. and here's some, some Bible study books and yeah. some, and, and you're, you're like, what? What do we do with this? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, all, all of my life, it was like, no, here's the one road you got to go down to be used to that extent. Yeah, this is how it works. This is how it works. And here's a guy who just simply sees, you know, I, I, I'm, like you said it. I, I had a place of influence over some surfers. Mm -hmm. And he's like, man, if I could just get that guy to learn the Bible and pass it on to the kids. Mm -hmm. And that's all he was doing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the next thing you know, we're at a conference with pastors. We're not pastors. Mm -hmm. We had no business being there. But God said you have business being here. Mm -hmm. And so I want to make that observation to our online audience that... I, I pray that wherever you, if you go here, wherever you go to church, that you find that example and that you realize God, God will use you right where you are. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the other thing I'd like to make, and I think this is a very important point, is the last year and a half, because of what's happened in our world, it's created in people a real desperation for help. And so we see in the church a lot of people who were who did find their place in service kind of backing off, yeah. disappearing, a lot of them. Mm -hmm. and, and, and a lot of the people that are coming are now looking to us and saying, help us. Mm -hmm. And there just has to come a time where we realize, okay, we're helping you. And the greatest help that we can give is to turn your focus to Jesus like someone helped our focus turn to Jesus you know 30 years ago and the greatest help we can give is the help that he offers and and just realize you know as leaders we're here for you we love you we want to teach you we want to use our gifts and invest in you but it's 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 your turn you know it's yeah. it's your opportunity as the as the bride of Christ as the church to seize whatever God has placed before you to see it, whatever that is. And especially this younger generation that as we were talking about, there's a real hunger in the millennials we're hearing right. about for holiness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because in that group, there's a lot who are not. Mm -hmm. And then there's the fallout of that and the, the, the hard life that comes from a life lived apart from God. But 
that younger generation, if, if you're out there, you're listening, especially you. I mean, what do you see? And I would just say that the church, in order for, you know, in the, in the book of Hebrews, it talks about the, these people. And it just says, by faith, the walls of Jericho mm-hmm. fell down mm-hmm. after they were encircled for seven days. Mm-hmm. And I just look at our church today and I'm like, let's just do this. Well, what do we do? Well, what do you see? And, and it, it should be my vision. It should be our vision. What is God showing you? And I, I just think it's important to know that I think he's looking for that next, that next, we're in a season, we've just come out of, you know, a really weird year and a half, two years almost. And we're, we're I, I almost believe the promised land is before us, if you will. Mm-hmm. We have that, that yeah. and, and Jericho, we've, it's right there in front of us. Mm-hmm. And we, we need to see ourselves in this narrative and be men and women of faith that will collectively together move forward in what God has before us today in conquering the land. Mm-hmm. Can we? Yeah, you know, um, it, it was interesting. I was kind of deja vu when, it, when we were talking about Joshua chapter six earlier. And um, it just brought back to mind. I remember the first time I taught through Joshua mm-hmm. and I got to that portion there in chapter six, you know, and the thing that just kept resonating in my brain was, you know, you know, just circle the city, circle the city. And, you know, whether it was theologically appropriate, but at the time what God was just putting in my heart was, hey, I want to circle your life. Mm-hmm. I want to encompass your life. I, I want, I want control of your life. You know, it's Ephesians 1, you know, you know, he, he chose us before the foundation of the world. You know, we've been, we've been predestined to be what? Not just like him, but we've been predestined to be holy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I was uh, sharing with, with Lance and Jim uh, earlier today, uh, actually at breakfast this morning, and just some conversation with some younger guys. And basically what he, what they're, what he was saying was, you know, we, we want honesty, we want truth, but we want it from the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I want to be holy, but I need to know how to be holy. And I think that's, for me, with COVID, the biggest thing was in my, oftentimes, even when we were just online, an online church, was I was encouraging people we, we need to back, be back in church. The church was created, you know, not just as a place of fellowship, but a place of equipping. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, you know we're, we're called to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, mm-hmm. you know? And that, and that equipping is not just teaching, it's not just, um, uh, you know, a program, but it's us equipping one another to love the Lord. Mm-hmm. To, to be there for one another, to minister one another, to encourage one another, you know. And the strength of the church is its koinia, it's, yeah. its fellowship with yeah, Christ. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, one of the things when I think about that, I think back of uh, reading through and studying and, and learning what the early church, you know, was like. And I, I know we have gr- a great model for us in, in, in the book of Acts for sure, I, I get it, but they would, they would get together 
and all they had was these correspondence that would be they had the Old Testament and they had correspondence coming into them. Most of them were not were not literate. And yeah. it was an agricultural society. They just they just weren't literate, a lot of them. Not all, but a lot of them, or very moder- very minimally. And so they would get together with the other Christians and the one who could read would communicate what they but this is what I thought was interesting. They're, they were people that were praying and they were orally communicating with each right. other and with God. And they're developing thought. They're thinking through things. And then they would get together in this group and a letter would be read that they've gotten from John or from Paul or so. And and that letter would be read more than once. It would be read and they would be listening and they would be listening for, I had developed this thought. And now it's either going to affirm from the Lord what they've been thinking. So it's a very, it was very interactive internally between them and the Lord. Like, I've been thinking about this. I've developed this thought process about the Lord. And now I've seen, hey, I'm not thinking right about this. Paul said, but we really need to do X, Y, and Z. And so now I'm reshaping my, and I think this is the thing, church, when we're, the importance about getting together is that I'm coming, I've been reading my Bible. I've been trying to hear from the Lord. I get together and I'm around other Christians and sometimes my thoughts need to be vetted out in a conversation with somebody. Sometimes they need to be, I need to be hearing the word being taught to me about and, and just face to face with that and say, you know, maybe I wasn't thinking right about that. That brings up something very yeah. interesting. I hadn't, you know, and, and I think that's part of the value. If we went back to the core reason for the gathering like that, to hear from the Lord in that deep personal way, you know, and I just thought, man, I, I want to be like that. When I go to like the teachings and the conferences, wherever I am, I go to a, a church. I, I, I want to hear from God. I've got stuff running around in my head. I got questions about stuff. Yeah. I want to hear from yeah. God. You know, the, Charles, Spurgeon, you know, the great English preacher, he said, you know, right biblical thinking leads to right biblical living. Yep. Yep. You know, and it's, you know, have that mind in you that was in Christ Jesus, yeah. you know, and, but sometimes, you know, that's a good, you know, I hadn't really thought about that, Jim, you know, you, you give me something to contemplate, <laughs> you know, is, so the Nissan. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, well, the thing is, is, you know, is that, uh, you know, is, is the, the interaction that we have is so I, you know, I do a, a Zoom Bible study, and and the way that I do that is it's not me just teaching for forty five minutes. That's just what's happening yeah. in that meeting. Yeah, is that's what's going on here, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah, and, and you know, these guys, uh, I shared with them uh, last Monday. I said, guys, I just gotta, I want, I sort of open up my heart. I got to tell you something. I said, you're probably not even aware of this, but I said. You're ministering more to me, I think, than I'm ministering to you. Mm-hmm. I said, the things that you're speaking, yeah. you know, and coming out, the things the Lord are showing you, I said, I'm seeing things that I haven't seen before or given me the, the, the ability to think about, you know, whether it's culturally, whether it's, whether it's sociologically, mm-hmm. whether it's politically, but more importantly, how the Word of God relate, not how those things relate to the Word of God, but how the Word of God relates to those things. And what's what's happening with this group of guys is we're starting to have right thinking, mm-hmm. right yeah. biblical yeah. thinking. Mm-hmm. Never a day in time for that, boy. Yeah. yeah. I would like to, if we could, before we lose our audience, yeah. I, I really, I, I'd like to pray for not only the, the 
the brothers and sisters, brothers that are listening to this, but maybe some of you jumped on and you know, what we're talking about, you think, man, I, I want that. I want to, I want that. Maybe I, maybe you just haven't come to the Lord before and you've never really, or maybe you just need to come home to Jesus. Maybe you've been out in the world pounding around and just, and just found the emptiness that you can over and over again. You just want to come back to Jesus. You know, this is the time, this is the place to come home. Just return to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. I mean, I just really, I, I don't know who this is for, but this is for Amen. somebody. And so, Father, Amen. we just we just come before you and are just so thankful for how kind you've been to us. And um, I know for me personally, Lord, you've always just shown such great kindness and and you've been so merciful and gracious with my, my, my life. And, and Lord, there may be some that are distant from you. There may be some that are, have never really opened their hearts to you. Um, and I'd like to pray over the, this, this specific group first. Uh, um, and, and you know that simple prayer of just asking Jesus to, to just come into your life. You're, you know there's a deep need inside of you. And you're, you're, you're longing to um, you know, really just be be um, made right to be to be forgiven and God wants to do that he, he wants you to ask him for forgiveness and so all you have to do is say Jesus I, I know I need uh, help and I need a savior and I I want to ask that you'd come into my heart and make my heart your home that you'd forgive me simple prayer just ask him to forgive you of your sin and then just invite him in just invite him to come into your heart and he will do just that he yeah. will he will take up residence by the power of the spirit and live within you and you will be at that time born again and and for those of you who are just coming home just come back to jesus the world's all messed up and it'll always be all messed up but jesus is the way the truth and the life. Not He's not the idea of the way. He's not some portion of truth. No, He is the truth. He is the life. He is the only way. Man, and He's the only way that we can have fellowship with the Father. And so, man, I, I just encourage you just to open your hearts back up to the Lord. Start to follow Him. For those who are, have been you know, just kind of jumping in and listening to the conversation or, or to the things that we're talking about regarding ministry and life and, and just following the Lord. And, man, will you be encouraged to, to just continue to share your story and, and uh, to continue to grow and to allow um, faith to be continually activated in your heart and your life. And so, Lord, thank you for what you're doing in, in brothers' lives and in families' lives. And, Lord, we're all influencers. And, and so, Lord, we want to be influencing, you know, we want to be those who have been around Jesus. And because we've been around Jesus, other people can sense it. And, 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 and you know, you might be the only Bible many people are reading. You might be the only person that is their connection. And so they're going to see who you are. And so, Lord, would you bless, would you encourage, would you strengthen your people tonight? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. Well, Jim, John, thank you for uh, joining us live My on our Wednesday night privilege. service. Thank to you, all of you online, mm. thank you for tuning in. Mm -hmm. We do, uh, as a staff and as a church, pray for you on a regular basis and are here for you. Obviously, you know how to get a hold of us because you're already listening. Mm -hmm. So uh, anytime you would like to talk to someone, just call the church office, give us an email, and we will be here for you. But in the meantime... Uh, man, we love you, and we're glad that you join in and continue to join in and even write in and let us know what you're cleaning from all this. That would be good as well. So we're going to sign off. 
and uh, we'll see you Sunday morning if we're still here. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. God bless you. We love you. God bless you.